Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Good morning, church. I think we can agree with this song and the singer that God will indeed do it again. He has done it so many times before, and he's done it for so many of us. Um, I guess that, first of all, let me just ask you to convey to your pastor my gracious appreciation. Um, He didn't even know my name well enough, but he asked me to speak, and um, uh, I didn't say no, it's R-Y-A-N, R-Y-A-N, and um, it's a privilege to be here. Last July, I was here in Florida. I was in Lauder Hill, but I couldn't go to church. You see, I had contracted Bell's palsy in Tobago, and I flew out here to get treatment. Um, And God has been good to me. Um, If you find me having a little problem speaking sometimes, I'm about 99.9, so there's a percent to go in my complete healing. my wife is not here. We have three boys, and we have, I don't like to say this because we consider them all girls, but we have two adopted girls that we raised. And um, so my granddaughter, for one of them, is here. Uh, that's Tavana Ryan. And um, I want to continue to pray for her that God will continue to lead her in the right way. I am from came in from Tobago, and um, Tobago is a small part of Trinidad. It is the the gallery of Trinidad. That's where everybody comes for the vacation. There are 32 churches in the island of Tobago. We're still a mission, not a conference yet. There are 32 churches with about um, a little over 5,000 members, Seventh-day Adventists. There's at least, there's about one Adventist to every 10 people in Tobago. I see that's pretty good, isn't it? Yes, so God is God is blessed and the University of the Southern Caribbean in Trinidad, we have a branch in Tobago over the last five years and I'm one of the individuals who lecture in the behavioral sciences there. We also have a family ministry. Uh, we do family life workshops, um, presentations for men's day, et cetera, et cetera, those kinds of things. I thought I'd just... Um, say that, but God has been good to us. Last week, you had a very beautiful presentation on education. So we ought to show off for Christian education, shouldn't we? Some of you don't know, but there's a young man in Tallahassee. His name is, uh, the last name is Breezy, um, Ronald Breezy. Ronald Breezy is a, is a, a, what, a, a, a councilman in, in Tallahassee. Okay, he is a former student of Miami Union Academy when I was there. But that's not all. The young man who sat next to him in class, he became a senator, councilman, whatever you call it up there. But the young man who sat next to him, Roddy English, became a lawyer. And Roddy is his consultant. I just thought you ought to know that. That Christian education don't cost, it pays. And I want to let you know that yesterday I found out, now in Trinidad and Tobago, you have to take what we call the C exam at 11 plus to go to high school. Well, in Tobago, last year, we have five 
five primary schools and one high school in Tobago. And last year, one of our primary schools got the second highest in the C exam, but the person who beat her beat her by half a mark. And we were upset about that. But this year, I just got word yesterday that the ad, one of the Adventist schools in Tobago uh, had the student from that school had the highest, was first in the island in the C exam. So we just want to give God praise for that. I also remember that last week in, your, in the presentation you had, those who were here, the speaker talked about a tadpole that was in a well. Anybody remembers that? You ought to bring your notes and take notes of the sermons and help you later on. So I was kind of listening, right? This tadpole was down there in the dark, in that dirty old dark mud pool, uh, cesspool down there. But the tadpole somehow looked up and saw a very tiny light. Everybody remembers that? Yeah. And he began to follow that light, and that light he came up, and I think what became a stream, then it became what, a, um, a, a pond, a, 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 a stream, a lake, um, a river, and then it opened into the sea of everything else that can happen to you. And so I thought this morning, that little light that the tadpole saw, I thought we talked this morning about this little light of mine. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we, we open your word. And I pray that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will, will take control, dear God. For Because while I speak, I'm also listening. So fill us with your holy presence and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, let the church say. Amen. You're too quiet down there. Uh, can we get this... Um, just turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you, and so do I. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, no, you can do better than that. Okay, let's do that over. You're going to turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you, and so do I, and you can't do a thing about it. Thanks for the beautiful music. He'll do it again. And again and again. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Quickly. We're going to go fast and you've got to listen quick. Genesis chapter 1. And, and read with me from verse 1 to verse 3. Genesis chapter 1. Because I want you to talk back to me sometimes. Genesis chapter 1. What it says, everybody. In the beginning, God did what? Created the heaven and the Go on, and the was without form and void, something else, and darkness was upon the Hold it right there. And then God did something. In verse 3, God said what? So in the book of Genesis, we read that God created light. Isn't that so? Let there be light, and there was light, and God separated the light from the darkness. Time will not allow me today to talk about all the many scientific discoveries of light. Refraction, those of you who are in science, the speed of light, reflection. But God spoke it into existence, and it was so. Now, Paul on the Damascus Road, you remember, saw a great light. And Moses saw the bright light at the burning bush. 
Uh, when Moses came down from the mountain with the commandments, the Bible says his face shone with the light of God. Paul and Silas were in prison one time. Remember that? And they testified that a light shone in the prison. Now Jesus, who created light, who called light into existence, declared that he is the light of the world. Amen. Over in John chapter 8, let's turn quickly. John chapter 8 and verse 12. John 8 and verse 12, and just read it out when you get it, or if it's up on the screen, John 8 and verse 12. What does it say? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And if, if, you, if you follow me, you will never be in darkness. Isn't that beautiful? John 9, 5 tells us something about, about Jesus and light again. Let's go to that one very quickly. John 9, 5. And you're going to read that one for me. It says, as long as I am in the world, I am the... And let's go to John 1, 4 to 6. John chapter 1 and verses 4 to 6. The Bible says, in him was and the life was mm -hmm. and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it no that's all right now light therefore is the absence of darkness if if you take all the lights off in here it will be dark <clears throat> now something strange happens you hit that switch and the light comes on, and my question is, where went the darkness? Anybody can tell me? Where did the darkness go? You see? Where did the darkness go? Where? That's your homework assignment. You see, light, therefore, is the absence of darkness. Light dispels darkness, and light dispels gloom. Light releases darkness. Without light, we would stumble around. Plants and animals need light. Isn't that true? If you put a plant near the window, the plant starts growing and bending towards the window, looking for the light. So then light is life. Amen. The physical life needs light. The spiritual life needs light. And that light is Jesus Christ. Amen. So in Matthew 5, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, presented his thesis about the good man. We want to see what is happening here now. Jesus, you know, was giving his thesis about the good man. Now, the pagan world had its idea about the good man. And you can see that, those of you who do literature, in the works of Plato. But the Beatitudes is what Jesus declares to be the distinctive marks of a citizen of the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Jesus gave that. Those are the distinctive marks of the citizen of the kingdom. So they represent Jesus' idea of the good man. But Jesus did not stop there. At the close of his description of the good man, Jesus goes a step further and he defines the vocation, the career of the good man. 
And he does that in Matthew 5, 13 to 15. Jesus does so with three striking figures of speech. He says, good people are like salt, good people are like light, and good people are like a city on a hill. Let's review that very quickly. Three things, three figures of speech that Jesus uses to describe the vocation of the good man. The first one, he says, good people are like salt. Another one, good people are like light. And good people are like a city on a hill. You see, what Jesus is asserting here is the fact that those who take God's word and will for their rule would be in the world as a power of moral discipline. In a world where, where, where the word discipline has now vanished from around us, those who take God's word as their rule of life will be in the world as a power of moral discipline, a power of active and illuminating righteousness and the power of spiritual idealism. That's important for us. Now, after this profound declaration of the good man of the kingdom of God, Jesus becomes more specific, and he brings the message right home to the disciples. He looks at those disciples, and he said to them, you are the light of the world. Amen. And I say to us this morning that Jesus, looking down at each one of us here, he's saying to us, you and you and you are the light of the world. Amen. Now, you must bear in mind that, you know, the men and women to whom Jesus was talking, they were not any statesmen. They were not counselors or governors or prime ministers or presidents. They were not the socially uh, or powerful elite of his day. They could not boast of any brilliance. Remember that. They were plain provincial men and women, fishermen, if you will, whose vocabulary still reeked with the stench of rotten fish. You remember how Peter could cuss. They were sailors and cuss buds. That's who they were. But Jesus saw the potential in them and said prophetically, you are the light of the world. Amen. Let me pause here to say something. Many times in our church, in our community, we look at a young person, a young boy or a young girl, and that person may have made a mistake. That person may have been rude to you. That young lady might have gotten pregnant, whatever the situation might be. And what we do, we write that person off immediately. She ain't going to be nothing. But Jesus looked at these fishermen who had, were not even converted as yet, who, who, whose mouths still reeked with the stench of fish, we say, because they could cuss in a minute. And Jesus looked at them and said, you, you are the light of the world. Because Jesus can see where we cannot see. I wish somebody could hear me this morning. Because that young boy that you write off can become the governor or the pastor. You know, there was a young, there's a young pastor. I taught at the Hanson Place Seventh-day Adventist School many, many years ago. If anybody knows Hanson Place School, church and school. And there was a young man there, and I don't remember his name. He was never in class. Boy, you can keep that boy in class. We never knew where he was. But he was never in class. Oh, they had problems with that boy. Several years ago, uh, they invited me to come back 
they were having uh, one of the anniversaries. And the speaker was that young boy. And that young boy got up and talked about how he used to leave the classroom. And when we thought he wasn't in class, he was inside the church. He used to be in the church hiding. He didn't want to be in class. He was sitting in church, yeah, looking up at the baptismal font and the pulpit. But God was doing something with that boy. And that boy who didn't want to be in school, that boy who was running away in school, became a fine pastor and came back to preach in the same pulpit he was looking at when he was in class. Don't write anybody off, my friends. Because you don't know what Jesus can do with the simplest life. If he can do it for you, if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody else. Now the world of Jesus' time had seen a great deal of light. The world of Jesus' time had seen a great deal of light. You know, no other period in history could boast of men like Aristotle, the great philosopher, and Plato, and Socrates. These men were, were men that were really brilliant. It, it, it might be difficult to find a, a greater contribution to Roman law, I mean to law today, than that made by the Romans. The Romans, I mean, their law, we got so many things from the Romans. Do you know that the... Um, the, 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 the mile posts along the road, those came from the Romans, you know? Some of the world's best literature was written around the time, and the architecture of that period is still some of the finest in the world. When you look on television and see things from the Roman era, I mean, it's just magnificent, magnificent. Last year, in spite of, of, of my bells palsy and my face was all twisted, it was going to be, uh, last December was going to be the our 50th anniversary. That means I was married for 50 years. That's what I think it says. I think that's what it says, if I remember. And we had planned to make a trip uh, to Israel to celebrate that, but then I got Bell's palsy. I said, Bell's palsy or not, I'm going to Israel. So we got to Israel, and I'm telling you, it's such a wonderful thing. Down in Capernaum, where Caesar's palace was, down um, where, where Jonah left to go to Nineveh, up, 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 up the mountain where, where Jesus did the Beatitudes, uh, and, uh, and across the Jordan, where we were able to, 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 to act, see the Jordan and, and go into the Jordan, and into the Dead Sea, we were able to see those things. The literature, the, the, the architecture, although these things are just um, parts of it now, they are so magnificent, the architecture. And of course, I like to tell people, we also got to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I had a chance to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when I got back home, I am what you see today, Amen. by the grace of God. But what I'm saying to you, in the face of all that literary merit, in the face of all that philosophy and wisdom, Jesus said to a handful of provincial men and women, you are the light of the world. And Jesus was right. For those men and women were the lights that guided the world and their legacy. The word of God is still our guiding light today. What do you say? What Jesus said was true. For that light that illumined the world on the day of Pentecost and caused 3,000 to be baptized in one day, did not emanate from the great Mars Hill, did not come from that center 
of philosophical thought. It did not come from the great Roman forum. It did not come from the distinguished Roman Senate. That light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that pierced the hearts of men and women in the, in, on, on the day of Pentecost came from the upper room where men had come into direct contact with the source of true light, Jesus Christ. Three aspects of light are therefore of importance to us today. How many did I say? Three. We're going to look at the function of light. Repeat that after me. The function of light. We're going to look at the focus of light. And we're going to look at the features of light. Let's say those three again. The function of light. The focus of light and the features of light. Now, the function of light is to reveal directions. Isn't that so? Men out at sea do what? They often look to the starry host in the sky for directions. The sun and the moon and the stars direct the time and the seasons. Isn't that right? Traffic lights give us directions, although many times we don't like to follow it. They tell us when and how to proceed. The police always carry a torchlight. Do you realize that? The dentist uses a light, and doctors also use lights. But the psalmist David reminds us in Psalms 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And Proverbs 6, 23 says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light. The commandment is a what? A lamp, and the law is a light. You know, Psalms 119, 130. Psalms 119, 130 uh, reminds us today, the entrance of thy words, do what? Giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. So if you really want light, you follow God's word. If you really want to understand what's happening around you, follow God's word. If you want to be the smartest person in your class, whether you're a young person or an adult, study God's word. I have young people who come to me and they wonder, how can I get this done? And I have a little trick I give all young people. I'm not giving it to you adults, but I'm going to give you to give a young person. If you want to be successful in school, here is the trick. Psalms 119, verses 99 and 100. Just write it, and when you go home, check it. If you want to be successful in anything you are doing in school, Psalms 119, I see one little young man writing it, wonderful. Psalms 119, verses 99 and 100. Just follow that, and you cannot fail. All right? So we need to remember, however, that we do not produce we do not produce our own light you know there are those people who believe that you know they can produce light they try to give us um tell us things that they believe is the right thing they try to tell us this is not what the bible means but let me say to us this morning we do not produce our own light don't think you're so smart and you're so bright. We can only reflect the source of light. Amen. If we are true Christians, we will reflect the light of Jesus Christ. What do you say? Amen. 
Ephesians 5, chapter 8. Let's turn to that very quickly. Ephesians 5, and let's see what it tells us there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, um, But now I, e, light of the Lord, walk as children of light. Walk, and that word walk in the Bible means live. Live as children of light. If the love of Christ is in you, if you have found the light of Jesus Christ, why are your, why is your behavior? Why is your attitude? Why the way you live reflects darkness? We must live as children of light. Is that all right this morning? Yes, Jesus counsels us, if you follow me, you will not be in darkness. When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, we become children of light. Is there anybody here in darkness? No. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you have become a child of light. We become reflectors of the true light. And the Bible says then, we must walk in the light. So the first uh, idea that we gave about light was what? The, mm -hmm, the function of light. Uh -huh. You got to stay with me now. The function of light. It gives directions. And if you get the directions from Jesus Christ, you ought to follow those directions. What do you say? Amen. Now, the, 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 if you want directions for your life, I should add, it wouldn't come from the horoscopes. Now, I know some good, good Adventists who like to go to horoscopes. If you want directions for your life, it wouldn't come from the palm readers and the palm cards. It will not come from fresh prints. A lot of our young people like to follow those, those, um, those movies and, and, and sets and sex for. But let me just say to you this morning, did anybody read about Fresh Prince? Did anybody read about Fresh Prince's daughter, who is 13 years of age? Anybody read about her? And nobody read. And I ain't going to tell you that she was found in bed with somebody. Thirteen years of age. And if it was one of your kids, they would have been coming for you. But you see, when you have a lot of money, nobody comes for you. They live and sleep with snakes around, snakes in the bed. They have a boa constructor as a pet. 13-year-old girl. To me, that ain't no light. I'm saying to you, if you want directions for your life, you're not going to find it out there. Amen. You're not going to find it in Ebony or Inquirer or in Money Magazine. The light that you need for your or in any of those TV shows or rap songs, you're not going to find Jesus there. Now, I'm saying it's bad to rap, you know. I'm, I didn't say that. I mean, if you want to rap, I mean, I tell my children, I can rap. You see, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in the green, green pasture. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's okay to rap, but rap about the light that comes from Jesus Christ. That light can only be found in Christ. Thy word is a lamp to my path and a light unto my feet, the function of light. The second aspect of light that is important to us is the focus of light. What did I say? Focus. Go to Matthew 5 and verse 15. Now, there are two aspects to this. The first focus of light 
must be in the home. Did you hear that? The first focus of light must be in the home. The Bible says, neither do men put a, a, a light, a candle, and put it under a bushel, or, uh, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Amen. So the first focus of light must be where? In the home. Privately in the home. You must let your light shine first in the home environment. All who are in the house must see your light. Your household must see Jesus in you. And some of us live in homes where we are probably the only light or the only Adventist or the only Christian. And you have to stand up and let your light shine there. All who are in the house must see your light. Your household must see Jesus in you. Your first responsibility is to witness in the home. Your light must be on the candlestick, not hidden under a bushel. Your light must be lifted up so that all in the house could see. And Jesus says, if I be lifted up, what will happen? I will draw all men unto me. If I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men. You must be a Christian at home first. Husbands must shine. Uh, No, no, you didn't hear that. Husbands must do what? I didn't say husbands must be dictators, you know. I said husbands must shine. Wives must shine. Children must shine. So the first focus of light must be where? In the home. If you can't do it at home, you're not going to do it anywhere else. There are those who dress themselves up and come out each, each week to let their light shine. The first focus of light must be in the home. Are you hearing me this morning? Matthew 5, 16. Jesus says, Let your light so shine before men. So after you have let your light shine in the home, after the glow in the home has gotten brighter and brighter to those around you, now the Bible says, publicly in the streets, we must share our light. I know Sammy is not in church today. But publicly in the streets, you must let your light shine. So the second focus of light is to hold it up in public. To do what? Hold it up in public. Now, there are many ways this happens. I usually say, you cannot go out to witness. You have to be a witness. And a a thing happened last week, two weeks, is it last week? I had to go to to the doctor's office, and I asked my good friend Sammy to take me to the doctor's office down in, um, down in, I can't remember the name of the place. Sammy can remember. But I, we went to the doctor at that particular place. And um, there was a, a, a little old lady, if you want to say that, uh, sitting across from us. And uh, while she was fidgeting with her coffee and whatnot, it spilled on the, on the chair next to her. And it just was natural for me to go out. And uh, I got some napkins, and I came, and I, I um, you know, dried it up for her and got everything nice and fixed for her. And she looked at me stunned and she said, I didn't know that there's still men like this around. 
And it was so embarrassing. Who are you? And she began, you know, so I had to introduce myself to her and tell her a little bit of myself. And said, I, I, have, I, I, I was married and I, I was divorced in three years. There are no more men like you around. <laughs> I, so I said, and, and she was very, a very lonely person. I chatted with her and I said, um, well, let me introduce you to my friend. So I called Sammy and I introduced Sammy. And now she realized that there were at least two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we had a good chat with her, gave her um, uh, a little handout that uh, Sammy always carries. Sammy always carries his light with him. And we actually got to the place where she was actually invited to come last week to the meeting you had, but something happened and she couldn't come. But there's a contact that we made. And we didn't make it by having a Bible. We didn't make it by singing a song. We didn't make it by even calling the name of Jesus. None of that we did. All we did was let our light shine. Because you see, you can't shine what you don't have inside of you. And if Jesus is in you, you will do things that Jesus wants you to do without making an effort to do it. It was just natural for me to just go wipe that thing up. I think what happened, she said, where you get that from? Something like that. And I said, well, first from my mother and then from my wife for 50 years. And that's how the conversation began. But you see, if something is inside of you, it's going to come out. And if you have light, the light is going to shine. And if you don't have any light, there ain't nothing there to shine. Matthew says, let your light so shine before men. Publicly in the streets, you must let our light shine. The second focus of light is to hold it up in public. You know, in Jesus' ministry, he made a 132 contacts. 123 of those contacts were in the streets and villages. Jesus went about doing good. The Bible says that on the job, in the streets, on the bus, in the marketplace, we must let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Now let's go to the third aspect. That was the second one, the focus of light. The third aspect of light is the features of light. So the first one was what? The function of light. The second one was the? The focus of light. And now the third one is the, the features of light. Matthew 5, 16 says that men may see. Men need to see the light. Addicts need to see the light. Lesbians need to see the light. Amen. People who are living immoral lives need to see the light. Amen. Those who are out there robbing and committing crimes need to see the light. Amen. Jesus is the higher light. He is up there and we are down here. We are the lower lights. And the songwriter says, let the lower lights be burning. Send the gleam across the waves. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. So you must let our light shine that men may see. What will they see? They will see your good works. They will see your changed life. What a marvelous thing to come into contact with someone whose life has been changed. But you need to understand this today, church. A changed life must become a life 
changer. You didn't hear that this morning. A changed life must become a life changer. Because when they see your light, what will they do? They will glorify your Father which is in heaven. They will glorify God. And so this morning I ask you, what kind of light are you? Or what kind of light are you carrying? You see, everyone who has received the divine illumination is, has to brighten the pathway of those who do not know the light of life. It is our responsibility, it is our career and vocation to carry the light of Jesus Christ so that everywhere we go, somebody will look at us and take knowledge that we have been with Jesus. Everyone who has received the divine illumination is to brighten the path of those who know not the light of life. Desire of Ages, page 152. And also she says again, you are the light of the world. Then let your light shine forth in clear, steady rays. What kind of rays? Clear, steady rays. Sometimes people are not sure what kind of light we are carrying. Sometimes uh, we are here in church, well bedecked and well dressed with the songbook and the hymnal. But uh, on, on Monday, when you're on the job, they don't know who you are because you dress differently and you're wearing different something else. We must be steady and clear that wherever we go, people can see the light of Jesus Christ. So I ask you, what kind of light? Are you? Do not wrap about you a cloud of darkness, Ellen White says in the book Hope of Assurance. So I have noticed in the church there are different kinds of lights. Now, in the church around us, sometimes we find bright light, high beam. All of you who drive, you drive with your high beam on. We have some high beam Christians, you know. Light is always bright, that's okay. Light is always bright. Sometimes in the night when you're driving, if you have the high beam on, they'll blink it, somebody will blink you, so it's too high, take it down. But we have high beam lights in the church. Those who are carrying the gospel, those who are standing up for everything they know, those who are trying to do what is right, high beams. I don't know what light you are, you will determine. Of course, we have low beam. Cruising along, just taking it easy. Jesus will come, but it's all right. So we have the high beam Christians, and we have the low beam. And then we have the blinking lights. Inconsistent. They're here, they're there, they're everywhere. They're not consistent. Blinking lights. And of course, of course, we have some other lights in the church. We have the turn signal. They're turning here, and they're turning there, and they're following every wind of doctrine. They ain't know where they're going. So we have the high beam light, we have the low beam light, we have the blinking light, and we have the turn signal. And of course, we have the park lights. <laughs> they're going nowhere. In church every Sabbath, warming the pews, going nowhere not growing in Christ, not shedding their light, not bringing visitors, park lights, just park up in the church every Sabbath. What light are you? 
And then we have the emergency lights. These are the people who only respond when there's a crisis. Oh Lord, my child's sick. Oh, the... oh I got into an accident. Jesus, I need you today. Emergency lights, they only respond in crisis. What lights are you carrying? Or what light are you? And there's one more light. The backup light. <laughs> Backsliding, they're only going back. Like every time you see a church, they get frightened, so they're backing up. We have all of those lights in the church. Which one? Which lights are you? What kind of light are you? And of course, there are those who have no light. The Bible says to the law and the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, uh, they have no light in them. That's Isaiah 8.20, you can mark it. If you lack light, you need to plug into the source of light, and instantly you will glow with the light of his glory and grace. But let me ask you this morning. I know all of you said you have light. Where is your light? Is your light on the candlestick or is it under a bushel? You see, the problem of light many times is not the light, but the shade. Are you hearing me this morning? Amen. You have reading lamps in your homes. In the living room, you may have a shade on that lamp that's a light shade. It gives you so much light. But in the bedroom, you have a shade that is thicker or of a different color, so you don't get much light. So the problem is not the bulb. The problem is not the message. The problem is not, not knowing Jesus. The problem is what kind of shade you're carrying. You have shades of secularism, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Amen. You have shades of gossip. <laughs> shades of gossip. They can't see the light. Your neighbor can't see the light because every time you look over the fence, gossip. Shades of worldliness. Shades of materialism. Shades of poor family relationships. You know, when we were growing up, every morning, five o'clock in the morning, when my father got the hymnal and he began to sing, Lord, in the morning, thou shalt hear my voice ascending high. It was time for us to get up and join. He didn't wake us up. He started to sing. When he started to sing, you better do what you have to do, but be there. And the people around us could hear you singing. Amen. Now we don't sing. We can't sing because, you know, earlier in the day they saw you all fighting. So now how could you sing? Lord, in the morning thou shalt hear. Shades. What kind of shade? Shades of poor family relationships. Shades of personal sins and lifestyles. Those shades are preventing the people around you to see the light of Jesus Christ. I tell you today, if you remove the shades of sin from your light, it will be so bright, your friends and neighbors will see it and glorify God. Amen. You know, the church is here as a light, and we want to shed and spread our light in this neighborhood. What are you saying? Amen. Revelation 18.1, 1, 
Go to Revelation 18.1. We are living in the time of this Revelation 18.1. It says, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven doing what? Having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. The time has come, church, for the earth to be lighted with the glory of God. The light of the gospel will fill the whole earth. My question to you this morning, will you add your light? Would you add your light to the lights that are around you? So that the earth can be filled with the glory of God. So that the world would know that we serve a risen Savior. That he's still in the world and he's coming soon. Will this church be a light in this neighborhood? Will each one of you let your little light shine? So that somebody can see it and glorify God. My joy and my plan is to let my light shine. What about you? If you plan this morning to let your little light shine, you may not know a whole lot about the Bible, but what little you have you plan, you can let it shine. If you want to do that this morning, just stand with me wherever you are. Just stand with me. You want to let your light shine. You want to hold it up that somebody can see it. You're not going to be embarrassed to pray when you go to a restaurant. You won't be embarrassed to pray over the meal because other people are looking. You can let your light shine. Somebody came to church this morning and somehow the worship and the fellowship has met your needs in some way. And you realize that you want to draw closer to Christ. And if it's your desire that you want to draw closer to Christ, you, you want maybe to get some Bible lessons so you can know more about this wonderful Savior and how you can carry his light. You might just be a visitor, but you're here this morning and you want to learn more about the love of God and the light that he, he can give you. If you're here this morning, just raise your hand where you are. You want to know more. You want to know more about this truth. You want some Bible lessons. You want somebody to come study with you or to come pray with you, whatever the case might be. Somebody here this morning, just raise your hand wherever you are, wherever you are. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that you are the light of the world. And we thank you, dear God, that you've chosen us. We didn't choose you, but you chose us. And you have given us this bit of light. And Lord, I pray this morning that everyone within the hearing of my voice would pledge to make their lights a little brighter by studying more of your word, by leaning more on those everlasting arms, that those who have heard your word this morning will purpose in their hearts to let their little light shine so that the world might see, that the world might know, and that when the earth becomes lighted with your total glory, and the end of all things will come, and Jesus shall put in his appearance with a light that will illumine the entire universe that we will be caught up to meet you in the air and dwell with you this is the prayer we pray this morning in the wonderful name of jesus let the church say Amen. thank you for listening to today's message we are always encouraged to know how god is working through this ministry to touch lives if you have a story to share of how god is working in your life please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.